Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, October 20th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the governor issues tightened restrictions on targeted counties as coronavirus cases increase. Then the CARES Act funded Mississippi Connects program delivers devices to school districts. Plus, MEMA helps prepare residents for severe fall weather. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Governor Tate Reeves is taking additional measures to slow the spread of COVID-19 following a weeks-long trend of growing cases and hospitalizations. A new executive order issued today introduces targeted measures in nine Mississippi counties. Reeves says the role of government interaction should be as limited as possible. We have to avoid using the heavy hand of government unless it is truly necessary. We should always be as limited as possible while never ignoring the risk of inaction. I'll tell you, I don't do any of this lightly. And honestly, no governor should. But we saw this strategy work during the summer wave. As a reminder, our cases started to decline long before the statewide mask mandate went into effect. I believe it can work again. The targeted counties include Chickasaw, Claiborne, DeSoto, Forest, Itawamba, Jackson, Lamar, Lee, and Neshoba. Face coverings will be required while indoors and interacting in public without social distancing. Indoor gatherings are limited to 10 people, outdoor to 50. The order also places a 10% capacity requirement on health care facilities across the state. If hospitals cannot maintain 10% of their capacity for COVID-19 patients, they must delay elective procedures. Reeves says none of the measures are magic bullets, but they will help keep the health care system from being overwhelmed. I don't expect that any of these measures will eliminate the virus, and we have to allow for life to go on in the meantime. 
as we wait for a vaccine, our mission is the same as it ever was. It is to prevent our healthcare system from becoming overwhelmed. We're not trying to prevent any one individual from contracting the virus. At this point, months and months and months into this pandemic, you know the risk of any given action. We're trying to prevent so many individuals from getting the virus at once that our healthcare system cannot respond. And if our healthcare system becomes overwhelmed, that means we can't respond to a car wreck or to a heart attack the right way. These decisions to protect our healthcare system can and might affect everyone. Hospitalization rates are growing, according to State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs. He also says there has been a shift in communities most recently affected by COVID-19. We've seen an interesting transition over the past couple of weeks where the impact has been more predominant in the white community. Uh, Over 60 percent of new cases in the past two weeks are in Caucasians and over 60 percent of new deaths are in Caucasians. So we've seen a significant shift and a drop proportionally within the cases and deaths in the African-American community. Um, if we look at our hospitalizations, um, as the governor uh, had, has reviewed, we have you know, a significant number of COVID and non-COVID hospitalizations. In terms of COVID hospitalizations, we have a 6.7% increase um, in one week in the, non, in the uh, med surge beds, 4.1% in ICU COVID patients, and 1.4% increase in ventilatory patients. We have 19% of ICU beds currently available, which in and of itself is not extremely abnormal, but we have nine large health system ICUs with no current ICU capacity. Dobbs says the testing and tracing elements are in place to fight continued mitigation, but indicates Mississippians are missing a vital piece. We have a testing available, but we're not doing it enough. The second thing is contact tracing. We are at 100% outreach for contact tracing at this time. We have been able to catch up and keep up. Well, that tells you something. If we have universally available testing and if we have universally available contact tracing and we're still growing, we need that third piece right now, which is going to be the distancing, the masking, and the small groups. We need Mississippians to do their part. Please do your part so that we can all get through this together. And then when we get the vaccine, that will be another tool in our toolbox that we can try to beat this virus down. And the last thing I just want to mention is uh, masks and shields. We continue to offer surgical quality masks with face shields for people who are over 65 and over or have chronic medical conditions in preparation for voting. Please, if you think you need it, get the mask with the face shield. It's an added layer of protection. As the health department offers solutions and equipment to make the polls safer, Governor Reeves says he has no intention of adjusting Mississippi's election procedures as cases continue to grow. I don't anticipate changing our election laws between now and two weeks from tomorrow. No. Election day is in two weeks. Mississippi has experienced an upward swing in community transmission since the beginning of October. Coming up, the CARES Act funded Mississippi Connects program delivers devices to school districts. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. 
Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Slowly, we started, you know, picking these turtles up and saving them. I'll stop traffic, grab one out of the road. And then our friends found out, and our vet would call us. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. We are now a full-fledged, nonprofit turtle rescue. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Computer devices by the thousands continue to make their way to Mississippi school districts for students and teachers across the state studying virtually because of the coronavirus pandemic. The devices are being distributed as a part of the CARES Act-funded Mississippi Connects program. John Crayman of the Mississippi Department of Education says the agency encourages districts to work with MDE in securing new devices. We were strongly encouraging districts to come through us. Uh, We felt that we had put together a good program. uh, And I would say that our biggest advantage is that Mississippi was able to really um, create a strong um, influence over the supply chain. So while many districts around the country or even states around the country are finding it difficult, if not impossible, to find devices this fall, Mississippi is getting all of its devices delivered that we ordered. So the benefit of having districts come through us uh, was the really the bulk purchasing power, as well as then what we were able to then at scale wrap around the delivery of the devices, including loading software on the devices, having web filtering in place, providing project management and professional development and so forth. So uh, I was at the Tate County Public School delivery on the 2nd of October and watched as the district personnel pulled the devices out of the delivery cases and opened them up and they were powered up and connected to their network and able to be really distributed to students almost immediately. So that was the power of coming through the state, both in terms of the all the services we were able to wrap around. So every district, no matter what its size and resources, was able to get these devices working for kids, but also then the power of the supply chain to make sure that Mississippi's devices came here while, again, as I said, the rest of the country is struggling to get devices. I've heard as most recently as last week that districts are being told now around the country that devices may not be available until April, but we'll have ours delivered before the deadline, which is our deadline, which is November 20th. Oklahoma schools are expecting Chromebooks this week. Superintendent Chad Spence tells our Desiree Fraser the new devices will expand accessibility for students in his district. It'll make sure that every child in the district will have access to a Chromebook from grades kindergarten through 12. What does it mean to you, having oversight of this district, to know that there will be enough for children? Well, to me, it gives me hope and, 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 and a sense of reassurance that we have done everything possible uh, to provide students with devices because right now, because of COVID-19, every child is not coming to school, okay, because of the, uh, uh, we have virtual, virtual learning and, and uh, traditional learning. So um, I feel good knowing that if a child um, needs to stay at home or the parents select that their child stays at home, we can continue educating them through the Chromebooks, through our virtual learning um, curriculum. How have you been able to manage before, because you haven't gotten the devices yet, but how have you been able to manage? Because as you mentioned, there are some students who just can't 
be in person, whether it's they're immunocompromised or someone in their family is? Well, right now, ma'am, you know, I have real good teachers, and we understand that every every household is different. You know, some parents have means to provide uh, a device. Um, every uh, Some houses have the broadband and internet service. Uh, but I now know that we can give uh, uh, every student a device, and we're also working on to try to ensure that from a broadband or from a, a connectivity standpoint, we can continue that as well. So we have a lot of kids that live outside in the rural areas. So um, our, our main goal is can we reach every child? Can we ensure that from, from 8 in the morning until 3 or 4 o'clock, the child can get access to the work through um, a live stream, through uh, um, a recorded lesson. Um, and I feel better that we're working in the, moving in the right direction. And, um, uh, and the parents are now um, are thankful that we're providing them that means of continuing to learn um, during this COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Chad Spence is the superintendent of Oklahoma Municipal School District. Coming up, MEMA helps prepare residents for severe fall weather. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. This week is Fall Severe Weather Preparedness Week, and the Mississippi Management Agency wants residents to understand the various threats fall weather can bring to the state. Mallory White is the External Affairs Director for MEMA. She tells our Michael Guidry, while Mississippians commonly associate tornadoes with the spring months of April and May, the fall months can bring their fair share of storms as well. Especially here lately, but in the last maybe five, ten years, we have seen an uptick in um, activity, especially from the tornado side of things. Um, so fall severe preparedness week is we know that people may get tired because of hurricane season, but we want to remind people that this isn't over with. Just because hurricane season may come to an end, we still have a lot of fall severe weather to prepare for. Just last year, we had a record-breaking 115 tornadoes confirmed. 24 of those tornadoes actually happen in the month of December. So we want people to make sure um, that they have a way to receive those types of severe weather alerts. Be prepared on where you need to go in case there is severe weather. Uh, Make sure you have your place in your home um, identified so you can go and shelter in place if a tornado happens. Be aware of flash flooding and then obviously our winter weather, snow and ice. What do you have going forward this week to keep Mississippians alert and prepared? 
So each day has its own specific event. And we are trying to change things up a little this year. And instead of just putting out a graphic for people to be aware of, we're actually doing videos because people respond to videos a lot more than just having to read a whole press release. And we have Kelly Richardson. She is our public information officer. And not only that, she's a she's actually a meteorologist. And so we have her running those videos and explaining to people what each day means and why it is important for them to be aware of being prepared for each of these events. So warning reception methods, severe thunderstorms, tornado safety, flash flooding, and then winter weather, snow and ice, things to be prepared uh, for and how to be prepared. And one thing that we cannot reiterate enough is that we, we want people to make sure that they stay ahead of all of these severe weather events by making sure that they have homeowner's insurance. Homeowner's insurance is imperative when moving forward. If you do not have it, we encourage you to get it because not every disaster is going to be a federal declared disaster where financial assistance is available. And so we want people to be able to have that insurance, have that extra coverage, and just be prepared. You mentioned that the last day of the week is is snow and ice, and yeah. we're talking about severe weather. Um, you know, we don't see anything like blizzards or, or the nor'easters that we that the other parts of the country experience. So, what makes snow and ice uh, a severe weather event in Mississippi? Even if we're only talking about a little bit of ice and a dusting of snow. Well, that's just it. A little bit of ice and dusting of snow is almost sort of foreign to us in some places because we're not used to that. We're not used to driving in those conditions. We aren't used to having to salt or sand the roads in any type of way. And so whenever you think of Mississippi, the last thing you think about would probably be a snow event to happen. And so because we aren't accustomed to driving in that and reacting to that the way that we need to. That's just another reason of putting the alert up there now saying, hey, be prepared for this if this comes this year. And power outages. People don't think of that. They think of road conditions more than anything else. But power outages, be prepared for that, especially in a cold weather event. How are you How are you going to keep warm if your power goes out? These are all things that you need to consider as our um, linemen try to restore power during these freezing cold events. Mallory White, External Affairs Director for the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency. Mallory, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Oh, thank you. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.